All right, welcome back to another episode of Controversial Call. Woohoo! We got Daddy C with us in the house, but no Tim Schoenrock. He decided he wanted to travel off to the Philippines and that he couldn't do it because of packing or something like that. So, you know, got got to get ready. For, yeah, just slacking already. We're only two weeks in and he's already just out. But, you know, uh, that's right. I was only out for a year. So <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a better show because of that. Absolutely, I completely agree. So we just have the beards today. Um, yeah, and we're gonna rock it. So a little business to start us off with, guys. Um, remember, Happy Camper Coffee Roasters, long name but good coffee. Uh, I drink it all the time every morning. Now my wife drinks it, and we go through it way too quick. I'm trying to figure out how to. Uh, Talk to my boy Matt to get me more every single month. Um, so if you guys are interested in good coffee, he brews it, sends it, sends it to your door twice a month for $35 a month. Very good coffee. He doesn't brew it. He roasts it. Let me get that right because he definitely doesn't brew it for you. You can do the brewing yourself. But Happy Camper Coffee Roasters. The email address is happycamper.coffeeroasters.com at gmail.com so happycamper.coffeeroasters at gmail.com make sure to mention that controversial call sent you because you'll get a 15% discount let them know controversial call sent you that way you'll go from 35 to 30 on that order and trust me guys it's good coffee I live off of coffee so and I'm kind of upset that it gets drank so quickly all right we got the business stuff out of the way and we're gonna start with MLB opening day. I know you guys are excited to talk about some Major League Baseball. I know Caleb's excited. I'm excited to talk about some Major League Baseball. I'm going to give my thoughts real quick. And my thoughts are, it happened. Opening day. Awesome. Everybody said it should be a holiday again, just like they do every year. And guess what? We have 160 some odd games left. So there's not really much to talk about. So good job opening day. We, We enjoyed you. Thank you so much. Dude, Caleb, you got any thoughts about that? Well, uh, that's a tough one to follow up. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, I um, you mentioned I was excited about it. I, I actually kind of was excited. I was able to watch. Um, we don't have Chick-fil-A up where I am, and so we had a Chick-fil-A truck that comes around every Ew. once in a while. So I was standing in line for about an hour and a half uh, waiting for some Chick-fil-A, and uh, they had some opening day ceremony stuff going on uh specifically with the Phillies and then also uh, uh, Boston. Uh, and so I was able to watch some of the opening day ceremonies with uh, some of the bigger names in baseball. And, you know, I thought it was – I actually really was interested in watching it. I, I enjoyed watching it. It's What's unfortunate is that if, if the season wasn't so long, we could be – I think we would be able to experience a lot more of that excitement. Uh, but as Brandon mentioned, we're going to – you know, we have another – 150, 160 games left, and uh, it just I, 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 for that reason alone, I, I've struggled with having <laughs> this love of baseball, just because it's such. I mean, we could say the same thing about the NBA. Um, it's just such a long and grueling. Oh my goodness! Yes. Season and so much money poured into 160 games. Um, wow. Opening day was a treat really the first opening day I've ever watched you know I'm sorry sports fans but it, it really was a treat to watch and it was exciting 
and the, the you know the place was sold out. I mean, it was just so cool. Because any experience I've ever had with Major League Baseball, it's not that. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. It, just, it still blows my mind of how how long it is, and I get why they do it. Um, but boy, it was actually enjoy. It was enjoyable to watch some of the opening day ceremonies. I just wish that baseball could be like that all the time but it's, it's not, not. That's my thoughts yeah it's definitely not like that all the time but so guys i mean that's going to be our baseball talk uh i know we had somebody special retire from baseball so we're not going to ignore that completely um caleb knows a little bit more about this guy than i do i know about him but hey i'm not going to do him any justice whatsoever I just know he doesn't know who Tom Brady is and that he's old and he stretches all the time when he plays for the Seattle Mariners. Right. Ikiro Suzuki, I don't I don't really feel like I have, you know, that much knowledge about the man either, although I do know that he made uh you know, instead of make America great again, he made make singles and doubles great again. <laughs> um in, in baseball, the guy just read the field better than anybody. He read his pitches better. Uh, not, not he didn't pitch, obviously, but he read the pitches that came to him better than it. He just, he fielded the ball well. He hit the ball well. Um, he wasn't this slugger that everybody loves. He was no Aaron Judge. He was no, you know, Poppy. He was none of these guys. He couldn't, he, you know, rarely hit a home run, respectfully, obviously, and that's debatable, but, he just—he really made um, singles and doubles great again. I think the guy deserves a shout out. Um, this ball is different because of him. Absolutely. Um, and so, props to him. I love the the way that he closed out his his career uh, with his nationality, and uh, mm-hmm. just 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 cool for him to to be able to see him thrive. Uh, in the MLB, and I wish him, obviously, he'll never listen to this, but I do wish him the best in, in the way he <laughs> closes out his, his career, maybe coach. I don't know. We'll see. But the guy, the guy was a, a machine, and uh, I think I think baseball is better for it. At least base hits are better for it. Oh, absolutely. And, and guys, I hope you realize uh, Daddy C sounds a little bit better. He got himself a microphone, so we mm. can actually hear him now. That's what I'm talking about. And he found out what the mute button was, so that awful ice crunch you guys heard last week, don't worry. We got you. (laughs) We got you. We're going to take care of you. Ice ice crunching is better than the MLB any day. (laughs) Speaking of ice, let's talk about NCAA tournament and how Michigan State and Auburn and these guys had ice in their veins. Dude, man, that was a good transition. I'm not going to lie. But – I just want to start off with the NCAA real quick. We're going over, you know, just the weekend recap. I was the only one right, first of all, for this mm-hmm. last weekend. Virginia is still in. I said defense wins ball games. Uh, they actually scored 80 points, which was mind-boggling to me. Purdue had a 40-point score, and their point guard just absolutely balled out. And then Edwards absolutely balled out with 42 points. The dude was 14 from 25 from the field. And then, uh, let me find it real quick. He was 10 for 19 from three-point land. They shot 43% from three-point land, and Virginia still found a way to win the ballgame. 
man, I mean, they're definitely redeeming themselves from last year and what happened last year, but it's nice being right. I love being right. I'm going to let everybody know I'm right. North Carolina was out. Who did do, oh, yeah, Gonzaga. I was like, who did Tim pick again? He picked Gonzaga, and Gonzaga lost to Texas Tech, which I did not have winning either, but my team's still in it. So I'm happy about that. But you know, the biggest news, not biggest, but pretty big news of the weekend was definitely Auburn taking down both North, uh, North Carolina and Kentucky. Michigan State's not a surprise at all. That's what Tom Izzo does. Tom Izzo gets his team to the tourney, whether he's a number one seed or not. If he's in the top, I'd say, seven seeds, you're going to see him competing to the Elite Eight, almost to the Final Four every single time. But Auburn and what they're doing right now, taking down North Carolina and then taking down Kentucky, it's incredible. They are the hottest team in college basketball right now. I know Michigan State fans are going to be like, what? But right now, Auburn is the hottest team in college basketball for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I'd agree with you on, on, on most. Uh, you know, I think uh, there's something to be said. I would agree with you that uh, it is, home and they have done just that that's been the theme for greg mark absolutely Hey-o. all right my bad guys let's get caleb back <laughs> so technical difficulties but i think it is more surprising to see auburn take down uh both north carolina and kentucky you know and be, me being a huge um north carolina fan i uh, watching them play we had two guys with the flu that's not an excuse um, but we were just not, we weren't playing our hearts out. We weren't playing hard. Luke May did not seem like Luke May, like Luke May, like the leader that he is. Um, it was just, it was not the team that I had been used to seeing all year, all season long. Uh, and so I really actually wasn't that upset that they lost. Obviously I would have loved to have seen them win, but we did not deserve to win. Yeah. Uh, and then it was a uh, gut wrenching to see, um, uh, Auburn's point guard go down with an injury or maybe not a point guard shooting guard. Um, but you know, with a torn ACL, I believe it was, and that was, just, yep. you watch his knee buckle and that's just, your heart sinks because these kids come a, a long way and that's in the North Carolina game. And then you see Auburn rally without the, their top score, um, to, to defeat a really good, well-rounded Kentucky team. Uh, I, I think Auburn, is I don't think they're the hottest team in basketball. I would actually say that Texas Tech is the hottest team in basketball right now because of who they have defeated. It has not been a cakewalk for them. I think they're going to give Michigan State a run for their money. I do think Michigan State's going to end up winning. I think we might see, I don't really know right now if what we're going to see from Virginia because uh, it was a close game against a, a non-flashy Purdue team. Uh, let's be honest, that Purdue is just not, and neither is Virginia. They're not known to be flashy. Auburn is flashy. And if Auburn is flashy this coming weekend, Auburn's going to co- go to the national championship. Uh, but if we see what we've seen from Virginia all, all year with a solid defense, um, Auburn's going to play ticked off because they lost one of their star players. Yeah. And they're going to play for him. I think that goes for their advantage. I think Virginia still has last year hanging over their head. Uh, I think Michigan State is probably going to win against Texas uh, Texas Tech, but then I, I think Michigan's going to Michigan State's going to win the whole thing this year. Now, from the remaining teams, we'll see. Now, uh, but real quick, to, with the Purdue yeah. comment, I, I don't. I want to say that Purdue's not flashy. 
I think Virginia is just so good on defense is that, you know, they let Edwards not let him score 42 points, but they were okay with him scoring 42 points. They held the rest right. of the starters to Eifert had zero points. Harms had six points. Klein had seven points. And Eastern had seven points. The bench had four, four, and five. Weak. Very weak. Right. And they basically focused all their effort on everybody else. It was like back in the heyday with Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. Everybody would let Kobe Bryant do his thing. And the smart thing to do was just play <clears> defense <throat> on everyone else. So I wouldn't go as far to say that Purdue wasn't flashy. Purdue's a solid team in the Big Ten this year. Um, and just a solid team. I mean, they made it to to the Elite Eight. So that says a lot about them as yeah. a three seed. So I know they're not yeah. – uh, they weren't as hot as what Auburn has been or Texas Tech, like you said, but definitely a right. solid team and a solid win by Virginia, I think. Yeah, I, I would be curious to see if Auburn and Texas Tech run out of gas. I think that's what it's going to come down yeah. to. I did mention last uh, last time around that it will come down to point guard play. We've seen that. It came down to point guard play with the North Carolina game. It came down to point guard play with the Duke game. Yeah, I, I said Duke isn't going to make it much further into the tournament, and that came true. And the reason being, what I said last week was it, the free throws are an issue. And what happened at the end of the Duke game, R.J. Barrett, who is arguably the best player in college basketball, False. everybody says it's Zion, but R.J. might go first False. as the first overall, overall draft pick in the NBA. False. You know, I think uh, I think it is false, but he might he probably will. <laughs> um, and so R.J. Barrett had a chance to tie up the game, missed a free throw. They were down by one, ended up losing the game. Uh, and so, you know, the the fundamentals of the game again, going back to this this whole one and done garbage. You know, the fundamentals of the game are omitted because people aren't interested in working on the fundamentals of their game. Free throws. There's a reason why they call them free throws. If you are a terrible free throw shooter, you need to focus all of your attention, if not 90% of your attention, on your free throws. And this is a Duke team that was not solid at free throws, and they ended up getting kicked out of the tournament because of that. So I called yep, that as absolutely. well. I was thinking they would win. I was thinking they would win, but but at the same time, I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to hear all of this you know, at least within the college basketball realm of, of <laughs> Zion Williamson this and Zion Williamson that. Yeah. Um, but I was just, I was really overall pleased. I'm pleased with the final four. I'm, I think all of yeah, those I think we have four good teams most definitely deserve to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And you have what three chances for their first national title and then Texas tech and Auburn. This is their first time to the final four. Uh, nobody's yeah. ever won the national title being their first time to the final four. So that'll be interesting to see. My picks are going to be Virginia and Michigan State, and I know people are like, oh, those are the typical picks. But I'm always going to go with defense, and Virginia's defense is nasty. And Virginia's defense will make you do what they want you to do, and that's why I'll go with them. And then you have Michigan State versus uh, Texas Tech. How do you go against Tom Izzo? How do you do it? Like, that's – I don't get how you – the only time I'll go against Tom Izzo is if he's playing – Duke or North Carolina in the final four, the national title game. That's the only time I go against them, but he's not playing Duke or North Carolina. So if you are a betting person right now, the spread is two and a half for Michigan state. I would bet on that. I would bet that Michigan state wins and wins by more than two and a half. So 
put your money on Michigan State, but don't come to me if you lose it all. So, <laughs> but I'm better. I'm better at college football picks. Trust me, guys. Wait till college football season. I'll make you some dough. I'm here for you guys. Um, I think it's uh, it's interesting that you you keep mentioning Tom Izzo. I think you know he's fabulous. Obviously, there's nothing more that needs to be said. But you know, if let's just for sake of you know uh, wishful thinking, let's say Auburn does play Virginia. How awesome would it be to see Tom Izzo go up against Bruce Pearl? Both of them are fiery. Oh, dude! I, mean, I just I Fireworks. Love, I absolutely love watching Bruce Pearl coach. He he is if he's never I I don't even know if he says a nice word no. to his guys during the entire game ever. I love watching that. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of Pearl and Izzo in the in the championship game. That would be I would watch just to see the coaches. Bruce Pearl is the Ed Orgeron of college basketball, except he wins, but. He's the Ed Orgeron, the LSU head football coach of college basketball, except he wins. You know, he has that same, like, oh, voice, and oh, my goodness. But the dude can coach. I mean, he did it at Tennessee. Then, you know, just some things happened, and, you know, who cares when you win? So now he's at Auburn. He's doing good things at Auburn. Uh, It's crazy to see. This is going to be an interesting Final Four for sure. Um, You don't have the one-and-done stacked teams. Uh, Every year I've said – one-and-done teams, majority, do not work. And every year, I doubt myself with one team, and I'm always proved right in the end that my initial statement of one-and-done teams in general don't work. And uh, real quick, so big college basketball news. John Paul Calipari gets a lifetime contract extension, basically fluctuates his entire time until he wants to retire. Sorry. I'm going to say this right now. The dude can recruit. The dude can't coach that well. He's an all right coach. He's a great recruiter. He's a phenomenal recruiter, and he makes 18-year-olds millionaires. And he's really good at it. But he is not a good coach. If he was a good coach, he would have more than one title since being at Kentucky. And the only reason he has a title is because Anthony Davis is a, a lifetime generational player. That's it. Not because he's a good coach. But that's neither here nor there. Yep. I agree. I agree. I think uh, I, I like the deal. I mean, I'm just, I'll be honest. I like yeah. the deal. I appreciate the loyalty that both the program and he are showing to the opposite. Um, I think uh, – I, I do think he's – it'll be curious to see – if this whole one and done thing goes through, which by 2020 I'm sure it will be, or 2022 at least, yeah, it will be uh, all the way through. I, I will be curious to see what these guys do, what what changes these guys make, what Mike Shishovsky, uh, what you know, uh, what Calipari does, uh, what Bill Self does. It'll, it'll yeah. be it's very very curious to see what they do um, and if they thrive or if they tank. Um, I always think, you know, Calipari is going to do a great job at recruiting. I agree with you there. Uh, so I'm, I'm just, I'm anxious to see how they're going to fix <laughs> their whole recruiting <laughs> around once this change actually does go through. I know we mentioned that some of that last week, and we, you're going to, we're going to have to wait two years before we find yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to throw a little curveball, um, guys. We have these 
super in-depth notes um, of what we do here, like detailed to a T. Basically, word for word, what we're going to say we have typed out, that's how much time we put into this, as you can tell. And if you can't tell I'm being sarcastic, I don't know. If, I hope the podcast works out for you, but I don't know if it will. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball real quick to, to uh, Caleb. And, dude, tell me, what are your thoughts? Like, do you enjoy golf, and will you watch the Masters? I do enjoy golf. Okay, that's um, good. The first time, the the first time I ever watched the Masters, I had a nasty flu. I was in junior high. I remember it pretty well. Um, I it was whether or not you call it perfect time or not. I had the flu, and I literally all I did was sip on ginger ale and watch oh, baby. the entire Masters for the entire weekend. Um, only to break to run to the restroom every once in a while. So, I, you know, I think ever since then I enjoy, um, I enjoy watching the Masters. Um, I love watching these younger guys come up to challenge uh, the older guys. You yeah. know, people say, how, how in the world can you like golf and not MLB? And I just say, well, I don't have to put up with 160 <laughs> rounds of golf on TV yeah. uh, for a season for these guys. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, I enjoy it. I really do. Um, and we'll see, we'll see what happens this year. I'm probably not going to be able to watch much of it because uh, we have a busy weekend that weekend, but I'll, I'll probably tune in as much as I can to see if Tiger's going to do, he's going to bow out halfway through. <laughs> I, you know, we just don't know. Um, I'm rooting for him, obviously, but I, you know I think maybe Rory is going to do something this year. Uh, yeah. A little bit of noise in the in the Masters, we'll see. Yep. Um, but I just I love the unknown of the Masters. I don't know how I don't know how else better to put it. Um, you have this guy that you never heard of, and he wins. Yeah, exactly. It's, yep. it's 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 refreshing. I think it is refreshing. Um, so it'll be it'll be curious to see what happens. Yeah, so that's good to hear because next week's going to be a heavy. So for you golfers out there, um, next week's going to be a heavy week on the Masters. Uh, controversial call lo- loves themselves some golf, and we love the Masters uh, as much as any time of year. So you know, I just wanted to get his thoughts on that. Um, you guys already know what I think about golf and the Masters. I can't wait. Uh, I won't get too far into it because. I have to have some content for next week. I just wanted to see uh, what we thought about that. So, guys, look forward to next week. We'll get into the Masters even more. But, you know, the Masters is a couple weeks away. There's still a chance. Controversial call might be there. We'll see. was able to go last year. We'll see if we can get back there this year. Uh, if you haven't gone and you can go, do your best to make it. Um, and... it'll be remarkable. You'll never experience anything like it. So it's like a Super Bowl, except a lot cheaper. And I know you say that looking at tickets and you're like, what? Trust me, it's a lot cheaper when you get in and everything. And then reselling stuff, but we won't get into that. If you have any questions, you can ask me. Um, Yeah, don't ask me. (laughs) So we'll transition from golf to basketball, back to basketball. We're going to get into a little bit of the NBA. Um, and we're going to talk about right now, like, who's going to challenge the Warriors right now? And honestly, what it's looking like, when I pull up, you know, the standings and just looking at the different teams, from the Western Conference, I'm looking and I'm like, 
there's not really a team to challenge the, the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are a different breed, and I, I'm trying not to get off topic real quick, but everyone said that LeBron James brought in this new era of super team, and I said no. He became his own general manager because he had a crappy general manager. And because he had a crappy general manager, he did his own thing. And um, so with that, the Golden State Warriors reacted and people reacted to what Golden State did. And they got went out and got superstar Kevin Durant after having Steph Curry, you know, losing, having Steph Curry, Draymond Green, uh, and Klay Thompson. So now you have four of the top 15 players. Then you go out and get DeMarcus Cousins. Even with injury, this is more than a super team. This is this is crazy. I, I don't see anybody in the West touching them. And then you go to the East, and you're looking at Milwaukee right now. Giannis says he's healthy. He's going to play. And maybe making a little slash at LeBron with the, you know, if I'm healthy, I'm going to play comment. Well, you have something to play for. LeBron doesn't. Uh, 76ers, if they could shoot well, possibly, and Toronto, maybe because they have one of the best defenders in the game, but I mean, it's just going to, I'm pretty sure with seven game series, it's just going to be another Golden State victory. That's my thoughts. Do you think anybody's going to challenge the Warriors? I'm going to work a little bit backwards from what you did. I'm going to start with the East. I'm going to, I'm actually going to go with, uh, I think the closest team that that has actually turned their season around within a week would be uh, the, the Boston Celtics. Now, because I'm up here uh, in this area and everybody's oohing and ogling on and going googly face over about how Boston's playing, they are playing really good basketball right now. Can I interject um, something I, real quick into that? Yeah. Boston fans blow my mind because last year, uh, this year, just a week ago, you say that, they turned it around in a week. They've done really good work in this week. Just a week ago, Boston fans are looking to kill and have fired Brad Stevens. And I'm like, yeah. do you not understand he's one of the best coaching minds there are in basketball? Not just NBA, but in basketball. And people are like, yeah. hey, I want to get rid of him. Brad Stevens making all these bad decisions. It's like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Just last year you were praising him. And funny story, I praised him a little too much. I said he like gave him a lot of credit. So I got blocked by some Boston fans because on Twitter because I gave uh, Brad Stevens too much credit, they said, and that this team was just way overachieving, which they were because of Brad Stevens. But I gave Brad Stevens too much credit, so I got blocked by Boston fans. Mm -hmm. But that's the train of thought that's going through my mind. I'm like, I think he's good no matter what. And if they make it to the yeah. playoffs, it's a team you don't want to face. With that being yeah, said, I'll I'm let actually, you take back over. No, that's all right. I'm actually going to be a little bit controversial and when I get to Brad Stevens, too. So brace yourself. But right. we're talking about, talking about Boston again. Um, I think – I think with how they're playing, if they can continue this level of play, I think they'll do really well in the uh, in the playoffs. I, again, I don't think they're going to challenge the Warriors. I think the Warriors will, you know, win in four. You know, I, it's, I just that's how that's you, you can't you can't really compete. You just place yourselves in the other team's shoes just for a moment, and even if you're a phenomenal basketball player. You do the work that you need to do as a superstar player 
against one of their superstar players, and like you said, they have three other ones. So if you yep. are if you are Kawhi Leonard, if you are these <laughs> phenomenal defenders, you can only guard one guy, maybe two if you're really good at it, and can cover a lot of ground and have a great wingspan like he does. But after that, you still got two other guys yep. that are superstars that can lead a team, any team, to a national championship minus maybe Clay Tom, you know Clay Thompson. I don't think he could actually lead a team single handedly to a national championship, but all of these other guys... An NBA good. final. And they, and they, yes, and they have in the past. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't think anybody in the East um, can, can compete. I think the closest team that can compete would be in the West, uh, and I, think that, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think if there were a team that would be Houston, and I think the X factor yeah. would not be James Harden, I think it would be Chris Paul. Uh, yeah, James Harden, the guy. I mean, I just, I am floored every time I hear yet another headline that he's putting up another fifty-point game, another triple-double, another what a double-double that of with fifty points. I yep. mean, the guy is an absolute machine. However, I don't think he's going to be the X factor in the playoffs. Yeah. I think it's going to be up how Chris Paul plays, how he generates the generates his team, generates the court. Um, I think James Harden will still be lighting it up, but I think the X factor. Is Chris Paul, if they can catch the Warriors off guard, maybe start a series in in Houston or winning two games in a row in Houston? Yeah. You know, I just I don't know. That's the only way I think that they can do this. However, I don't think they're going to do it. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm tired of hearing about the Warriors too, but it is what it is. And if they got the money, why not? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't diss them. For just what don't, just do. don't be a bandwagon fan. It, That's yeah. all I'm asking. <laughs> don't be a bandwagon so fan. They won so much. I want to be a fan. No, no. stick with no. the stick with the Dallas Mavericks. I love my Pacers. I love my Pacers. Yeah. And if they had Victor Oladipo, I could only imagine what they'd be doing. So real yeah. quick, I'm going to go into that. I think if they did have Victor Oladipo, they'd be pushing for the number one spot in the Eastern Conference. They're playing still that well without him. But I think you're right that he's not playing, so it doesn't matter. With the Warriors, uh, you, you talked about the people on the team leading you know, leading a team by themselves to an NBA Finals. I've said this before, and I'm going to bring it up again. Kevin Durant is not playing the best basketball of his career. Kevin Durant is easily playing the easiest basketball of his career because since he was little, he's always been double-teamed. If they could, they would triple-team him all the way through Texas and then in the Seattle Supersonics and then at Golden, Oklahoma City and now at Golden State. Now since he's moved to Golden State, because whenever he was relied on up until Golden State, whenever he was relied on to take his team, put them on his back, he broke down every single time. He was up in a series 3-1 against the Golden State Warriors the year before he went there. I know everybody remembers this, but I'm going to remind you, he was up 3-1 and lost 4-3 in that series. How ridiculous is that? He cannot carry a team. He shows how illegitimate his rings are. He has two rings now. Yes, two rings. Sorry, I just want to make sure. He has two rings. Both of them, he's fought with teenagers, had burner accounts, and fought with teenagers on Twitter about the legitimacy of those rings. If you have to fight with a teenager over how legit your rings are, you are a joke. And Kevin Durant, you took the easy way out. 
No doubt about it. You're playing the easiest basketball of your career, and you're not relied on. That's why you look so good. And it's obvious, but people won't like that. So that's my thoughts on Kevin Durant. Whew. Had to get that off my chest. Thanks, man. Right. So. Yeah. Cool down. Dude, but so so you said you had something to say about Brad Stevens. Um, yeah. Um, go, just go real quick. I, I, yeah. I think uh, I do believe uh, Brad – I mean, I, I love watching Brad Stevens coach. Um, he is – I think he, out of any coach out there, has the best balance of any basketball coach that you'll ever that you'll ever see on a basketball coach absolutely uh, on the basketball court um as far as the nba uh i am biased from college basketball to nba uh i am a little bit biased so this will be a biased statement however the nba is an older coach driven league um, be, because of the players, because of the fan base, because of the, the ownership, it is an older coach-driven league, mm-hmm. and you can argue you can argue with that about the NCAA as well. Not so much. No, not you can't argue with that statement. I don't think with the NBA that reason in and of itself. I don't think Brad Stevens is going to succeed. Not because of his coaching ability, but because of who he is coaching for. I, I, I think if Brad Stevens were to go back to college basketball, which, because of Boston fans, might happen sooner than later, if Brad Stevens were to go back to coaching college basketball for another, say, 15 years, 10, 15 years, Absolutely. and then if you wanted to make a switch, you look at um, Donovan, as you used to coach Florida, he's now – you know, coaching the Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City, and uh, again, it's a similar situation. Now, Brad Stevens is significantly younger, um, but but you, it, it is a an older coach driven yeah. league. It is a Greg Popovich type coach driven league. You look at um, the L.A. Lakers and what the L.A. Lakers have done this year. And again, I can probably mention stuff about that, and that we probably will have time to. Um, but you look at what they've done with with Walton as their <laughs> head coach, a young guy who I don't think is a terrible coach. I no. really don't think he's a terrible coach. He I doesn't have the respect. He's a good coach. They're, it's because of the fan base, because of who he's coaching, because of who the ownership is within the NBA. If this has nothing to do with their coaching ability. It has everything to do with who they are coaching for, whether that's the player, whether that's the the organization, or whether that's the fans. This is an older coach-driven league. The NBA yeah. is an older coach-driven league. If Brad Stevens were to come back to college basketball, I think college basketball would more than welcome him back with open arms, and I think that he would succeed another 15 years or so. Maybe he makes the decision to coach another NBA, an NBA team. Then he's going to succeed. Yeah, and they're go- and he that he's going to have the pieces built around him in order to succeed. I I, I don't see that. I, I I'm rooting for him. Yeah, because I like him so much. I just don't see that in the NBA. Um, you look at the Celtics. You look at Oklahoma City. You look at the Lakers. Talented players, young coaches, young coaches, 
my thought, Brad Stevens needs to go back to college for a while and possibly revert back to the NBA later on. Absolutely. And I think it goes part with like how our culture has moved and to have respect for someone that close to you in age is very hard for people in our culture and in professional athletes. Um, even in, I would say even in the NFL, that's a thing too. Look at Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. and He just cannot demand or command the respect of his players. And what it's looking like this year is that's what's happening with the Boston Celtics. Kyrie is now one of those veterans, and he's looking around like, Guys, what are you doing? You guys are a bunch of idiots. And he's looking around saying, oh, so this is what LeBron went through when he was dealing with me. And these guys don't want to buy into what Brad Stevens is saying because they're looking at him as a peer and not as a superior and not as a guide or a director or a coach or a commander. They're looking at him as an equal, and that's part of the problem. I I mean, when it comes to professional sports, obviously right now Sean McVay is the – exception to the rule of young coaches but i feel like in professional sports the young coach route is just a route that is not going to work more times than not because of that respect factor and it's a big thing yeah and i i I would tend to agree with that it can be a a path that is traveled but brace yourself because it is going to be a very difficult path as a young coach i think there is something to be said and with this i'll be done there's something to be said about, and this goes with anything in life, not just what we're talking about with sports, but with life in general. There is a, there is a difference between demanding respect and commanding yeah. respect. So you yep. chew on that for a week, and uh, we might talk about it a little bit next week. Absolutely, man. Daddy C giving us a little wisdom. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So... All right, guys, we're going to transition a little bit from basketball, a little bit of baseball, (laughs) laughable, uh, to the NFL. And some big news coming out of the NFL is the new pass interference um, ruling. And, you know, I've I've been talking quite a bit to start with, so I'm going to let um, Caleb stick his foot in his mouth so I can yell at him later. So, Caleb, what do you think about this, man? Well, I have a hard time thinking that anybody's going to disagree with what I'm going to have to say, but might. Um, I I don't even know where to begin. Um, <clears throat> I was reading. A, I I am by no means a Richard Sherman fan. Okay. <laughs> um, I think he is, you know, egomaniacal. I think he is. He's he's one of the best to have ever played his position, but. It's all tainted by the way he, at being a brilliant individual that he is, uh, it's 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 tainted a bit. I'm not, not getting into that, but I think he made a very excellent point about this new pass interference rule or ruling. Uh, he said, "quote Every defensive play has pass interference because of slow motion reviews." End yeah. quote. And uh, I think that is a very excellent point because if you were to uh, watch any replay on television uh, that is uh, from the defensive point of view, there is, you could say the same thing about the offensive line, there is offensive holding on every single play. Are we we going to move reviews to the offensive line? Well, we better, if we're going to, if we're going to, be uh, balanced 
yep. then we better do we better move you know past the whole pass interference uh, ruling to now offensive line or offensive holding or how whatever you want to call it. Uh, if we're gonna sh- if we're gonna be consistent, we might as well do that as well. Um, because every single play there's going to be holding, every single defensive play there's going to be pass interference of some some kind, whether that's within the first yards or outside of the first five yards mm-hmm. uh, of the of the call of play. Um, their argument is this is going to aid in the integrity of the of the game, and I could not oh. disagree more because every single defensive player that is going to step foot on on the NFL field this coming year is going to be affected by this pass interference call every i don't care if you're a defensive back safety linebacker defensive line i don't care every single defensive player is going to be affected by that a defensive nfl players are going to have to completely change the way they play the game coaches are going to have to completely relearn how yep. to coach defensive players offensive coaching let's let's not forget the other side of the coin here offensive coaches you don't think they're going to manipulate plays and playbooks to aid their offense and take advantage oh, of absolutely. the change? If you, don't, if you don't think that they're going to do that, you are out of your mind. It is absurd. I think it is, it is, it is not aiding the integrity of the game. It is hurting yep. the integrity of the game. Um, what happened at the Saints-Rams game is unfortunate. Okay, I, I thought the Saints should have won. Uh, the play obviously should have been called, but guess what? Once it's done, I, I don't. They put up apparently they put up billboards. I used to live in Louisiana. Apparently down there they put up billboards. They put up all sorts of this stuff. The ownership went to Roger Goodell. They said we need to change this. We need to I mean, either either do a replay a game or I mean something. They they were just going all over the place. Guess what? I don't hear anything now. I don't hear any Saints fans complaining. If you bring it up. They'll probably complain, but guess what? They're over it. The Rams lost in the Super Bowl. Absolutely, so big whoop. I don't. I don't care. All right. Yep. And so it is. It's not going to affect the integrity of the game. It's going to hurt the integrity of the game. And what we're going to see is defensive players, just like we've seen with the quarterback roughing the passer call just a few years ago, because these quarterbacks were babies and whining and sitting on their dust on the field complaining to the refs. The refs couldn't handle that, so they went to the. They 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 went to the the. Um, um, the Roger Goodell, and they said, "Okay, this needs to change." And so it it changed. The change happened. The the ownership made that call. We're going to see the exact same thing where defensive players can't do anything. Guess what? We're going to see what we're going to see a replay of the Rams and the Chiefs all over again. A whole lot more than we would ever admit. Fifty point games. Yep. Bank on bank on seeing that because that's what we're going to see. And my question is. NFL Players Association was not polled, nor were they allowed to vote, and it was just the owners that were allowed to make this decision. These guys don't know what they're talking about. Yes, they own the team, and yet because they own the team, they probably have every right to be able to choose this. But to not yeah. poll really the coaches much, to not poll the, the players. NFL Players Association, I know they're a mess too, mm-hmm. but you know what? they at least have played the game. These guys don't know what they're talking about. These owners don't know what they're talking about because they've never played the game. And all they've really seen, to, to be fair, is the extent of a one major blown missed call versus the Rams and the Saints NFL championship game that put the Rams and not the Saints into the Super Bowl. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I, I don't see the NFL 
thriving because of this. I think it's going to hurt them. I think it's going to hurt the integrity of the game overall on both sides of the ball, okay? Yep, Do not absolutely. misquote me. It is not only going to affect defensive players. Offensive players are going to be affected by this. Offensive coaches, if they're good and they're smart, <laughs> worth are anything. going to manipulate plays and whole stinking playbooks to yeah. aid their offense to take advantage of this new new rule change. I think it's absurd. I yeah. absolutely think yeah. it's absurd. Okay, so we're on the same page. You didn't stick your foot in your mouth at all. But we are 45 minutes in, and I can just see real quick because I'm about to get into this too. We're going to knock off our top five NFL draft picks. We're going to put that on to next week, and we're going to give you our top ten NFL draft picks and what we think is going to happen there because, oh, man, this can of worms is huge. And the more you talked about it, the more I realized, yeah, it, it, it's a big thing. And who this starts with, and first of all, if you understand the game of football, and I know this is going to sound possibly slightly arrogant, but I don't care. It's going to sound arrogant. If you understand the game of football, this is crap to the game. This is garbage to the game. It will ruin the game. And I like I like reviews in certain aspects. I do. But I hate how it's lagged the game and killed the game and killed game speed. Um, to blame for this pass interference garbage, which pass interference has been garbage in the NFL for the last 15 years, and it all goes back on Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy's shoulders. Because Ty Law and Bill Belichick shut them down in New England. Shut them. I remember watching the game in Indiana. I hated the Colts laughing at the screen because Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, and those guys looked like absolute garbage. Why? Because the rule was you can bump and run until that ball was let go. Once the ball was let go, you had to be hands off. But until then, you had to bump and run. That's why every pass stat has an asterisk next to it. All the passing ability and passing yards all have asterisks next to it because defense, defensive backs' hands are so tied um, in the passing game nowadays. So all that blame goes on Peyton Manning. Another reason can't stand the guy. But that's where that started from. And then, and then you bring in the fact that we're going to review this? That's absolute garbage. It's going to slow the game down so much that it will be less enjoyable to watch. I say, if we're going to do stuff like this, and we really want to protect our quarterbacks, protect our offenses, get points, because you know quarterbacks are our number one investment, if we really want to do that, I'm dead serious when I say put, make it uh, two-hand, or no, just one hand. Make it touch football for the quarterback. That's it. It'll be the first rule that gives the defense an advantage that's been made in years to make it where the touch of the quarterback is a sack. Now, it takes out the stat of sack completely, but it finally gives a little bit of an equal bound. It gives everybody what they want. Their quarterback should never get hurt if he doesn't run. But it also gives the defense an advantage now that their DBs can't do Jack Diddley squat. If they can touch the quarterback, the quarterback's down. Does it stink for the game of football to have a sack as a touch? Absolutely. Like, you're talking to a defensive end right here. I enjoyed crushing quarterbacks. Crushing quarterbacks. I've broken a quarterback's ribs before, and it might have been slightly intentional. So I enjoy that aspect of the game. But I'm just trying to give the defense a chance. A 
chance. People said Kansas City, L.A. was the greatest game they've ever seen. They wanted that to be the Super Bowl. Garbage. No, absolutely not. I want to see some good defense played. Good defense and good offense. When you see a a chess ma- a true chess match of good offense and good defense played, man, there there's just nothing better than seeing that. But when you just see flashy, you know, Patrick Mahomes throws at 70 yards down the field because Tyreek Hill can run everybody out, but he really actually can't read a defensive scheme to save his life. He just has fast guys that can outrun the defense. You were like, oh, this is so exciting. It's not exciting. If you truly understand football, it's not exciting. So with that being said, those are my thoughts on the pass interference rule and Um, the NFL as a whole. Yeah, and I think I I don't want to run on for very much longer, but I I do think you know if they are going to do something, you might as well just remove referees from the field. Absolutely, and have them and have them sitting up in the booth with a you know a t-shirt launcher with a yellow flag stuck in it. That way, if they see something on the computer that's automated or whatever, they see something they can just shoot a flag down onto the field. Absolutely, Um, we've seen and again with this whole replay thing, we've seen it in baseball. How people pitched a huge fit about baseball and the replay in baseball, and that it's not fair. It slows the game down. It hurts the integrity of the game. Yep. Exact same thing is happening, and we're letting it happen. And absolutely. So, guys, it has been a good week, Caleb. We did well without Tim. We won't tell him yeah. that, but I think yeah. we did well without Tim. Yeah, uh, but a we, little bit, of, a little bit of a taste for next week. Absolutely. With our, uh, with our uh, uh, draft top five or top ten or whatever i do have my top five all right my, my top five guys in the draft but they are not going in the top five picks so uh, good luck with that gotcha yep absolutely uh mine would definitely be the same way so it's been a good week we had a great show we look forward to tim coming back but he'll be gone for a few weeks in the philippines um we look forward to him coming back but man we've been all over the map And guys, until next time, CC out.